Hey, ask me what my favorite fruit is. What's your favorite fruit? Pear, a sight. Nice. Yeah, I nailed it. I was, wow. I've literally been saving that for the last two years since I first heard about this movie. <laughs> what did it? Was it titled? No. Untitled Bong Joon-ho Project? I knew deep down it was going to be called Parasite. Mm-hmm. Welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast where every week we talk film, TV, music, South Korean auteur Palme d'Or winners. Yeah. This is really upping mm. our cred. Ooh. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's this little indie darling that no one's heard of before, yeah. and it's definitely not getting it? Oscar buzz. Wasn't it, in theaters by the time I had to watch it. It's, th- it's coming back Thursday, though. This is our spooky episode. Ooh. <laughs> I guess spooky this is our Halloween episode. <laughs> we should have done that. Um, it's yeah, fun. okay. <laughs> sure, why not? A f- a we bought a mic, a fun mix. Just of, uh, give me fun. no time to put on a costume. B- banter, That's fine. careful critical analysis. <laughs> I'm Ernest. I am, as you say in Korean, Hunter Mobley. Because English mm. names don't translate. Yeah, well, it's some, some, um, some uh, subtitles. Yeah, if you're listening to this, then subtitle show just you. appeared in your eyes. You're probably going insane. Yeah. Please but turn on closed captioning for this episode. And I'm, turn it on now, Drew. And now turn it off. Okay. So, today we are talking Parasite, which is one of the most uh, reviewed, best reviewed movies of the year. Probably the most uh, best reviewed. The best? The most best? <laughs> the most bestest. It is exclusively well reviewed. Yeah. Um, like the Which r- is rare for like a foreign film, you know? Yeah, because it's been yeah, I like not I'm not just talking about critical reviews. I'm talking about like general reception is exclusively good from what I've seen. And then as far as critics go, I think I said this in a tweet today. The range goes from like opus to masterpiece. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it, that's the thing is like you go into this thing with fucking expectations. Like it's impossible not to have the bar raised yes. when you're going into this movie if you're in the film community. If you're Listen to this and you don't keep up with with film Twitter world and all that. Uh, Just know that this is a movie from an acclaimed South Korean uh, filmmaker. You may have seen uh, Snowpiercer starring Chris Evans. He made that. And uh, Okja, which is on Netflix. Um, But this is, I'll say right now, quite possibly his best film. Well, I mean, you've seen, Hunter, you've seen his older films, so you may want to speak to that. So I did want to say, before we get into Parasite, um, I tried to embark on the journey of watching through his entire filmography. Um, I got most of the way through. The problem is that a lot of his older films, like, you just can't find unless you go across illegal means to find them because they just aren't anywhere online. And even still, I tried to watch... uh, um, his movie from 2000, Barking Dogs Never Bite, and it was like somebody was shooting it from like a like flip phone in a theater, and it was, <laughs> dear God, it was god-awful, and I was like, I refuse to watch a movie this way. Hey, support the um, lower classes film. Yeah. <laughs> but I, so a lot of his movie, like pretty much all of his movies have themes of classism and uh, all this kind of social divide things, and I will say Parasite's no different. Um Specifically wanted to shout out from his older filmography, The Host, uh, which is kind of a masterpiece creature feature. Imagine if, like, we had... I'm trying to think of, like, a good example of, like, a real auteur. If, like, somebody like David Lynch... That's not even the best example. Paul Thomas but Anderson. If, if Paul Thomas Anderson made a creature feature. 
Like that's kind of you know, the might, level might that good. you're getting <laughs> of just somebody that you don't expect. You go in with just like, oh, it's like a fucking monster the, movie. The like, master's what is this? kind of a creature feature. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do that part where like fucking Joaquin is kind of icky. <laughs> You're talking about the Joker again. Oh, um, yeah. Stop talking about the Joker. I, Fuck. Also, uh, 2003's Memories of Murder is amazing movie. Uh, that's which the I, one that's Zodiac esque, right? Fincher. Yes. Um, it definitely has a little bit of uh, some Fincher vibes to it. You can tell that they're uh, they're fans of each other. As well as uh, it's notable that him and Tarantino are buddies, which we're going to kind of get into a little bit of that later on, too. Or not buddies, but they are at least admirers Fans, of each other. Yeah. Um, I uh, I love Snowpiercer. I rewatched that movie pretty recently. It's a masterpiece. Um, it's very much... Uh, some people kind of hate it because it wears the allegory very much on its sleeve. I kind of love it for that reason. Yeah. Um, including it has... The best line ever from Chris Evans, fucking Captain America himself. <clears throat> Here you go. Eating. I'm gonna do it. I know what people taste like. I know that babies taste the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real line that we got Captain America to say in a movie. I love Chris Evans in that movie. He's great. I want him to do more movies like that. I, I feel like if they would have put someone else in that role, the movie would have been a lot better. Ooh! Oh, oh damn! Hot take. You like, like not I fan am, of Chris? I am no, no, no. gagged right now. No, you. I, I think he's great. <laughs> I think he's great. But you put like a Leo in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, the movie. Just you you gotta have else. a physicality. Though. I mean, has, Leo does not have a physicality. Has, Maybe a Brad Pitt. Has but. Chris Evans put forth an award-worthy performance ever? This is an actual question. Um, have you seen Fantastic Four? So no. Yes. So the answer is no. So in that way, you're right. Like, what if it was like a top tier? I do kind of think that this might be his best performance in any. Well, movie, yeah, it's, I it's really his love best this. movie that I've seen at least. Um, I'm not a big fan of Okja. Um, I kind think of a that mixed bag. there's some good things in there, but it's kind of a mess. Well, of that's a movie. why it's so wild that this is coming out like pretty much right after Okja. Yeah, he's he's going back to South Korea making a movie in South Korean, uh, starring South Koreans. And uh, it's it's pretty pretty flawless. <laughs> um, pretty flawless. Yeah, I was, yeah. So I was just going to go ahead and say, after watching most of his filmography, not only is this the best of his filmography, but this is, for me, kind of hands down the best movie of the year. I think that this is the movie of 2019. It's, yeah. it's my favorite movie of the year. It's pretty, I, the, pretty the more and more I think about it, it's like, man, I really love Once Upon a Time. I love Midsommar, but dear God, this movie is on another fucking level. Yeah, I, it's 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 tough to disagree with that because the only other one to me would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But if you remember when we reviewed that, I talked about how kind of mixed I was mm-hmm. on it, and that only with time and like stewing on it did I. Uh, end up deciding that it truly yeah. was my favorite movie of the year. You don't have to stew on this one, but Not also, at all. but then once you do, you like it more. It's and and I really want to get into this right now. It is a fantastic movie going experience. Mm-hmm. Theater crowd, people are hooting and hollering during this thing, and a lot of people have been watching it through a del- illegal download that has been going around. <sighs> So, did you want me to not watch it for this podcast? I'm confused. No, and I'm, also I'm saying I want to do your homework. I want to talk about this because <laughs> Neon, who acquired it out of Can, has been doing an interesting rollout with it. 
where they're not really going super wide, super quick with it. They're they're restraining their release of they're it. They're trying to go just on the word of mouth and have that build, which they're is creating, a smart idea. They're creating like a scarcity of availability with this movie, and so many people have watched the 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 download. So many, so many people at this I, very table. We, we <laughs> we're legally we're, we cannot say who. No, um, but it doesn't. You even, might be able to tell whenever uh, the uh, two of the three of us talk about how great of a theater movie it was, and the but other one does. Guess it. what? I was at home and I was fucking. Did you set up your soundbar okay. at least. I, yes, of course. Okay. I was fucking screaming the whole movie, and I'm not exaggerating. I was watching with my girlfriend, and I was like, oh, 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 like just not even at like scary or freaky moments. Just the whole movie. I was like, this is the best movie. This is the best fucking movie. But bef- in the lead up to it. You know, it's it's kind of expanding and more people are seeing it. But on the lead up to it, the hype for this thing was just off the fucking charts. I was refreshing Fandango furiously (laughs) trying to figure out when the fuck this movie was going to be playing. Mm -hmm. And I think Neon, you know, there is a trade off there with the number of people that have been uh, seeing this illegally. But they're building the hype for this thing and it's going to come compound more and more and more because it is so such a damn good movie because it could backfire something like this you know where they're choosing to to really play their their cards choice their their cards close to to the chest um it could backfire and people could be like oh this south korean movie like why would i go see that but the word of mouth is so hot that people are clamoring to so see it. what you're getting at i think is like it's even if it might be a little bit annoying for people who don't live in major cities it's the smart thing to do think about when i mean this is to a much lesser extent because this is an english movie but when something like Booksmart came out Booksmart underperformed because it's a very small movie that they just right off the bat immediately released it wide in 300 plus theaters mm-hmm. where if they would have done a little bit more of a slow rollout yeah. if they would just put exactly. it like new york and la and then we'll expand to like chicago and boston and, and like slowly build. and just let it build because the word of the mouth of on it was pretty high but you didn't really have the tension because you're like ah it's already out in the i can just catch it in a couple months whenever it's out on digital or whatever yeah and I think that the way that they are doing marketing, even if it was kind of driving me crazy, we should say, I think that all three of us, did we? Did you avoid all the trailers yes, and everything for this? Yes, uh, very deliberately. Yeah. And I will say, me too. I've now since gone back and watched the trailers, and they do an excellent job in the marketing for this movie, because it almost just looks... Um, I, I, I won't get into spoilers yet, but they make it look like the first 30 minutes of the movie, and you have no idea what any of the twists and turns that are coming along the way. Well, I, I think the best way to go into this movie is knowing absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah. So if you're that kind of person that just cannot possibly know anything, you know, go see it. I understand. If you're already the same way. <laughs> if you're already listening to this then you're probably the person who who doesn't really care or you've already yeah, seen it but uh but still. i think i think i think we can at least talk about the basic premise. well okay here's something like off bat I, I think this will make sense to you guys because i'm not talking in terms of the movie itself but the in like how i feel about this movie and how i talk about it if we're talking spoiler free very similar to the favorite actually yeah which was my second favorite movie of last year the balance of tones um well yeah. balance of tones 
uh, went in not knowing what was going to happen. It takes a hard right, <laughs> like a real fucking hard right turn. There is this uh, really icky comedy to it. Very dark, very stinky movie. Uh, smell is a theme of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I mean, essentially everything I could say, because the other the ultimate compliment that I paid to the favorite, which I will also pay to this movie is name one category of Oscar that this should not be nominated for name one fucking, if anything, maybe not any of lead acting roles. Cause there aren't true leads in this movie. It's a, way more of an ensemble piece, but every single category of filmmaking that is given awards, uh, applies to this movie. Yeah. Like it, it's not lacking in any way. And that's, I mean, what? how can you speak more highly of a film? You know what I mean? I totally agree. I mean, I, there are a couple things that I could nitpick. Uh, I mean, me too. But, but overall, it's just such a unique and original movie. Yeah. Like, it kept me guessing every scene, every beat. I had no idea where this thing was going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so engaged, completely entertained, riveted, yeah. shocked. Uh, it gave me kind of everything. I laughed. I cried. Yeah. I uh, was terrified yeah. through a lot <laughs> of it. And Bong just kind of, it's, it's, he's able to do things that nobody else can uh, with his tone and precision. You know, this movie, it doesn't necessarily come off as flashy or showy in, in any way, but you can tell that he's up there with the Tarantinos and the Scorseses of having a complete masterful handle on every aspect of filmmaking and directing. Yeah. And he wrote it, too. Yeah, this movie just has the it factor to it. it. I can see it playing really well in front of an audience, despite, uh, like, the favorite having an ending that could be considered not a thousand percent, like, a big satisfying movie ending. You yeah. know what I mean? Another big comparison is just the general plot, which isn't much of a spoiler, lower class, uh, you know, taking advantage of the upper class, trying to, you know, hatch a scheme against them. Um, like, I, it's like you said, the expectations were just insane. Yeah. That to deliver... Um, and possibly well, not exceed. even deliver. Yeah, I think to exceed expectations. Yeah. I, so I, another thing that I wanted to say about this movie is that this movie is like really funny, like laugh out loud funny, which is something that we praise the farewell for uh, mm-hmm. whenever that came out. About how hard it is for humor to translate, like that is the most difficult thing. Yeah. And yet there was still like audible like laughing out loud mm-hmm. in the theater whenever um, seeing this movie. Funny actors. And yeah, I Great really wanted to shout out. Um, Kang Ho Song, who is he's kind of a major collaborator with um, with Bong Joon Ho in a lot of his movies. Bong before has compared him. He said that he's like the Korean version of a mix between Tom Hanks and Michael Shannon. Um, <laughs> Interesting. In which I that's, love. That's really. I funny. love that comparison. <laughs> but he's in uh, Memories of a Murder. He plays a lead in that. He plays a father in the host. What and a he's excellent. He's in Snowpiercer as the guy who breaks through the locks and the doors. That's right. Um. He is, I love this guy. I wish that he did more acting and more well-known movies because I think that he is just like electric every time that he is on the screen. Yeah, his face is very expressive. In, yep. in this movie, there is... Definitely, that's that, I can see Michael Shannon wherever he said that with the expressive yeah. face. Well, my, Michael Shannon just has kind of like a, kind of like an angry face, mm. but... Uh, Song has a little bit of just like a sad 
face. No, it's but it you can perfect. see the rage in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's he he has a lot of humor beats that play so well because he has a, he has a big open face. Like he is expressive yeah. in tiny ways, and you can see all of it because this dude has a massive fucking head. Yeah. But to your uh, to your guys's point, um, without getting into spoilers, you were talking about how this should win every Oscar, and I think that the set design this is like one of the greatest houses that I've ever seen in my life well, in both, a movie. Both houses. Both houses are incredible, but. Specifically, let's just say that there is a cellar, and the way that it is lit is the most gorgeous thing that I've ever seen in my life, where it looks like this black hole. Yeah. I, I won't say, I actually didn't find this movie to be horror as much as thriller. No, yeah. Um, I didn't really find it to, I like, we'll talk about like a movie like The Lighthouse uh, next week, which I think has more... Uh, horrific imagery well more like horror vibes to it but this does have a sense of it there's always that sense of tension bubbling underneath the surface because you know that things are going to take a turn um yeah and they do in an amazing way in this movie i really even uh the the park family who is this upper class wealthy family that this lower class family infiltrates is I really love their performance and the dichotomy between the two class systems is yeah. very much well, on display just from their performances on the screen and how submissive they are to this wealthier family. The themes are so resonant when you put these two families up against each other because it's not just a story about the it's not just a class story. It's also a story about kind of morality and who we root for and and who we want to be the heroes of the story because this movie is all gray areas. Mm. You go into it not knowing that your protagonists are going to be... I I mean, I don't want to get super specific, but you, for big chunks of this movie, you're not 100% sure if the people you're following are the heroes of well, who, who you're also, on board with. It yeah. also doesn't... Another thing that adds to that is another theme, major theme of this movie is family and seeing how the lower class family, um, how they all interact with each other and care and look out for each other versus like this wealthy kind of ambivalent towards each other family that are willing to just kind of pay their way for somebody else to take care of their children. Well, and, the set design also uh, ties into that too because of mm-hmm. the way the two houses are designed yeah in one house it's very big and open and everyone's everything's separate building up and where then, in the other house they're like almost underground well, it's, a, it's a semi-basement which is a very common house design in south well, korea but they're also very packed together mm-hmm. they're inches away from each other yeah so they have no clo- choice but to be close physically uh back to your point though and this also involves set design but uh just like all of his movies the theme he does wear the theme on the sleeve for this movie of like the symbolism is way out there for you to see like upper versus lower in this in this case unlike Snowpiercer which is a horizontal class movie this is a vertical class movie like a lot more uh, apparent because that's what we call it upper versus lower um it works a lot better for me and the reason that I, I love this movie another comparison that I could make a lot is Get Out which also wears its themes right on its sleeve but it works because it's about people. It's yeah. not a metaphor movie. Right. This is a movie that is about the, like, it's just, a, that's what it's about. It's about poor versus rich, not in a grandiose train way, in a way of poor versus rich. Um, I 
couldn't get enough of that. Like I truly, I appreciate that notion a lot because I've complained about this on the pod before about certain superhero movies where it's like, why do we need a, a metaphor to, to tell us a story about what it is to be good? Like what if you made a movie about someone trying to be good, a normal person and the skill level is actually higher to make that because you have to make it interesting. It's not just interesting by premise alone. That's why this movie works best for me. Uh, of any of his that I've seen, and because the, the premise think, alone isn't enough to make it great. He makes it great. And the the comparison to Snowpiercer is so astute because when you are dealing with a dys, a dystopia, a post apocalyptic scenario like that, the humanity is stripped a lot, and you have to mm. kind of build it back up. Yeah, it's because it's fight or flight world. And in this movie, you are just dealing with regular people. And so the, the, the gray areas of morality are a lot more relatable than Snowpiercer mm. because we don't know how it feels like to eat babies in the back of a train. <laughs> I but mean, we know, speak for yourself. Yeah, but, first of all, pause. <laughs> but we know, we know what it feels like to, 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 like to steal be Wi-Fi. To be a little poor <laughs> yeah. or maybe to have a little money and, and feel well off for yourself. I mean, but that's I, what we're all like getting around is that I think that I thought before this it was once upon a time. But I think after watching this movie, this easily has my favorite script of the year. I think that yeah. this script is just because like you were saying, Drew, like it is so much easier to write uh, like a big metaphor if there are grand scales. But what it comes down to is if you're just going to write a movie about two families, then it has to be interesting and engaging script. And the script here is like nearly perfect. Yeah. I don't think I would change a single thing. Yeah, it becomes a lot more about the writing and the acting. And they're both mm. just, they're all, both what I would call 10 out of 10s in this movie. Um, but everything else is so well done that yeah. you're not, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, wow, what a great script. You're dazzled no, yeah. by the yeah. acting and the direction. You were in it. Well, yeah. the thing that I was, I guess, least expecting about this movie is the watchability factor. Yeah. And the rewatchability so factor. I cannot wait to see this yeah, movie I'm again. Gonna, which I yeah, listen, I'm not just a pure thief. When this is back in theaters, I'll see it in fucking theaters. This movie is truly like an experience. It's not just like a movie you sit back in the back of your chair thinking, this is very good. Which, you know, I like those movies. Those are good movies. This is a movie that engages you throughout and like you said there are so many directions that it could splinter off into that my only complaint much like the favorite was that i did want to spend more time yeah. in this world with this family because i was like there's so much they could do with this and what he ended up doing with it i thought was brilliant but i was just like i, I would watch 10 hours of this uh in a day <laughs> like the 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 tone uh created and the momentum that it generates throughout the whole thing is like Pretty unparalleled as far as this year goes, in it's, my opinion. It's breathless without being exhausting mm. because it's over two hours. It's almost yeah. two. It's what, 220 something? Yeah, like it's like that? Two, 210, 215. And yeah. it just breezes by mm -hmm. because you're, every single scene has something to keep you guessing and to keep you yeah. engaged and, and, and wanting to see what is happening next. You know, this is not a movie where you're going to be looking at your watch and 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 thinking, OK, when's a good time to go to the bathroom and I'll be <laughs> fine if I miss something. It's 
everything you, is, yeah. is you're gonna pee pee in your pants yeah i could like feel it running into the third act i almost got a little bit sad because i was like no i want to just stay in this world for longer like i wanted yeah. i saw this uh opening night here in orlando last thursday at the 6 30 showing i know ernest i knew you went to the 9 30 showing and i almost went up to the <laughs> yeah. box office and bought a ticket for the 9 30 showing because i was like put me back in this world again <laughs> yeah. like i love this so we're we're about to to get into spoilers in a little bit but i I just want to shout out one more thing. We've been talking a lot about how all of the aspects of the movie are just in perfect concert with each other. You know, the set design and the performances and the writing and the directing and all that. And um, there was something that I heard from the uh, film spotting podcast about how this house is designed. And you can tell that this is a, a house that was specifically designed for this film and this story that that Bong wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. And the way this giant glass window opens up into this pristine lawn, it's like a stage. Mm -hmm. And the theme of uh, of performance and pretending is so resonant there that Every single character in this movie is putting on some sort of performance. Yeah. And you love to see it. You love to see a good con. Yeah. I, another <laughs> yeah. like Ocean's Eleven style con. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> they, it, there's one particular sequence uh, with pitch perfect editing that is I, I just wanted to stand up and clap <laughs> because of how fantastic it was uh so one I, other thing that i wanted to recognize another person on here uh the cinematographer i'm sorry i'm going to bench the butcher the name and i apologize for that uh kyung pyo hong who uh did cinematography also for snowpiercer and for last year's burning which is one of the most beautiful movies of the last few years and one of my favorite movies from last year yeah um that i just i think that the cinematography adds so much to this world like i could draw a map of this house based on how it is directed and how it is shot which is that's so like that's imagine how many times can you even say that in a movie where it's like i know the outline of everywhere that we are because it has been established so well with this mm -hmm. shot it's it's interesting that you bring up burning because i i i really like that movie but i think parasite is like head and shoulders better but they very different movies. Burning is very, very just about tone. Well, but I was no, I was going to say how how similar they are in in their approach to the class issues mm -hmm. of South Korea and yes. and that the 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 poor people uh, how kind of separate they are from the higher the higher class and how there's this very tangible disparity and and tension there that that is completely in line with burning when you know how that whole story plays out how uh um what's his name um steven yon's character completely yeah, takes advantage of this uh lower class guy and and just plays him for I a fool uh this movie's kind of the inverse of that a little bit which is really interesting but there's just something about south korea i mean here in the united states we obviously have massive income inequality uh but in south korea it seems like the filmmaking and the artistry have found a way to really 
tell those stories and tap into it in a, in a much more impactful and interesting way. So I did actually, I brought up burning for a reason because I was going to say that burning or that uh, South Korea is actually having a little bit of a like renaissance as far as filmmakers go with Lee Chang Dong's burning. Um, I'm trying to pull up the name here, but my phone is taking too long. But the guy who made The Handmaiden a couple years back. Park Chan-wook. Park Chan-wook. And now Bong Joon-ho. We're getting like three kind just like total auteur filmmakers that movies are really translating over to the States. And talking about the class system, this is something that I learned from a, a different podcast with uh, featuring Donnie Kwok at The Ringer that he was talking about how the reason why the wealth gap is so crazy in Korea is because post-Korean War, they had this huge economic boom like that happened over the last 50, 60 years. And they pretty much... Like, the wealth divide that we've had now in the States has been kind of bubbling for the last two, three hundred years, where this this all happened in the last 50 years. So it's right. very drastic and on the surface. And that's why you see the divide be as the gap be as huge as it yeah, is. People are getting left behind that. Well, it's also great. Like, that's why I'm happy that this is a not too metaphorical and B, like I said, where's its theme on its sleeve because uh, the American audience is very desensitized to the, the premise that maybe there shouldn't be that big of a wealth divide. You know, like if you showed most Americans Roma, for example, if, if you ask them, what is it about? Do you think class would be in the top 10 things that they said that they would say when really that is one of the primary things right. that movie's about? But you sometimes to to make people realize something, you really got to make them realize something. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I think in, in Roma, even how visual that movie is. I, I feel like sadly there's people that see her go into that that shanty yeah. poor town and they don't think anything. No, they're of just it. like yeah, that's just how it is. When it's like sometimes you like, have to think, come on, think about yeah. it. This is these are real people that live like this. Yeah, and that's why I the watchability factor of this movie is so great to me because anyone could watch this just like get out and get the message and also be enthralled. They wouldn't just be watching it like some people myself in the past included view watching very tony movies as a chore they view, they w watch some movies as if they're homework and right. this movie is not oh not even at close all. this is a movie movie that also has so much to say and even roma is m a lot closer to homework than this oh for yeah. sure yeah and that's and also and i love Roma. well and also roma is not exclusively about class but i guarantee you that's in the top three things that he would want you to take away from that movie that said i don't think that that's in the top three things that the general audience would take away from roma and you know what i mean and it's interesting too that we're talking about foreign language films specifically here you know mm -hmm. and and you probably have a lot of american audiences that see this and they think that oh it's just it's just other countries that aren't <laughs> America that are like that. That's fine. Totally normal. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is that American Hollywood cinema isn't concerned with telling those stories and putting those well, in the limelight. And, and that's every once in a while you get a Florida project in there. Yeah. But that that's such a small, tiny and, little movie. And also that's another reason that um, I was just a little disappointed that the metaphor didn't land too right in us. Because that movie could have been just just about class. I mean, that movie was like and ten it was, different metaphors. Yeah, it was very much about class, but also you could really draw a lot because it was broad, and yeah. that's fine. But uh, it would have been better to me if it right. were uh, more explicitly but Jordan, about one Jordan thing. Jordan Peele, 
he's a fucking genius and he knows his brain was working too fast for his pen whenever he was writing the script and i still i love us like don't get me wrong i don't think it's as much that i well i think that's definitely true but it's also like he is a producer and he wants to make money and he wants his movies to be huge he doesn't want to make a tiny little million dollar movie that gets critical acclaim and then nobody sees on a large scale he wants to make the big, big audience mm. movies, and he knows that if he makes a movie that's like Parasite, mm-hmm. and then it's a lot more clear-cut about class division, it's not going to yeah. do huge I f- box office numbers. I, f- I still feel like he could have, because he did that with Get Out. He got a lot of people who are not in agreement with the message of Get Out to at least appreciate the message of Get I Out. Mean, yeah, but I think America's a lot more ready to talk about race than to talk about class. Which that's, is I think that's up. that's a great point that you just made, and also I think that I mean Jordan Peele was still successful in that Us is a major uh, a major house at Universal Studios this year. Yeah. Like so, no, it's, he was it's successful still a very good movie. He also, it, like he made a good movie. Um, um, I'm just saying us that's made, that's why for me this is above Us. Us made yeah. 255 oh. million dollars worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, go us. I mean, go Jordan. I'm just saying this is why I'm calling this movie like around a 10 because it does everything at once and it doesn't really stumble in any of those arenas for me. And it does all of it. It's it's so crazy to compare it to us because us, you can you can tell that it's struggling to balance all these things a little bit and it's fine. Like, I think it's a great movie, but this parasite is balancing all of these things flawlessly. Yeah. It's making it look easy. I do I I mean of course there's a major comparison between the two movies if you guys want to transfer into uh spoilers at this point. Um this yeah. movie's I think that this this movie is like on a first viewing it's as close to a 10 as any movie that I've like about that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean wow. Nice. I like I it's hard for me to give a movie the first time that I see it a 10 out of 10, but like Dear God, I can't think of aside from like the tiniest of nitpicks. I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm at a flawless. nine, but it could easily yeah. jump up. To I a can 10. pick a nit without spoiling my only. Like I said, all I wanted was more, particularly uh, establishing the the con. I wanted more of that, and I knew that we had to get through that because I knew something was coming. Mm-hmm. I think someone I was texting Colin about, it and he was like, "Oh, you're in for a treat. Just hold on, you yeah. know." And I was like, "Oh, so that's why we're getting through this so quick when this could be a whole movie." I, you know what I mean? But I love I. Lo- Okay, well, let's just transfer into yeah, spoilers so this now. This is your final warning. If you haven't seen the movie, please go, go see, see it. it. Even seek just it out. Seek it out somewhere, please. Yeah, please try to give your money to Bong. Uh, but this is it. We're spoiling right now. So I love the first part of this movie. And, like, I kind of liked that we do just kind of, like, it is very snappy. Because mm. I didn't want to just belabor like spending an hour of like them setting up. Well, like, well, I got a job here, so I knew this one guy who was like my <laughs> uncle's friend's brother. Who uh, he was a driver. Uh, maybe I can <laughs> hook you up with him. Let me see if he's in the in the country and not back from Pennsylvania or Illinois or yeah. whatever. I I love that we just kind of got through it because also it played for laughs really well. Oh yeah, that, like it, every scene, another member of the family like got in there and. And then they kept like slowly sabotaging the people who are already in there. I love yeah. the scene where uh, the driver is like trying to hook up with the sister <laughs> with a, I can't remember her name. Uh, I know Jessica was the American name that they gave her. So she just like takes off her underwear and leaves it in the car and then they find it. And there's like, it's kind of weird. Like you would think like, 
of all things, you might lose like an earring or yeah. something, but not not underwear. And then he, he whispers to her, I think they run cocaine and meth. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, cocaine or meth? No. no! Um, the the whole screams. montage of them getting the housekeeper fired <laughs> is hands down one of the best scenes of the year. Like just everything, how well paced and propulsive that whole sequence is and it just culminates in him holding the ketchup stained napkin yeah <laughs> also so the just uh propping the, it up for mrs the park um who's like the mother of the house of yeah. the rich her household. real name is yo jung jo one of um, the best comedic performances of the year by her. Like, I mean, incredible facial acting and screams. Like, one of the best, like, yells that I've heard in yeah, a movie in a long time. It's a lot harder to play a dumb person than you would think. And she is playing the shit out of a dumb yeah. person. And that, I mean, the whole movie hinges around her the, having to be really stupid. They, like, <laughs> uh, oh, and that whole, whatever you were talking about, the scene where they're rehearsing the lines. Oh, and they, like, he's, like... So good. <laughs> so he's he going, like, full, he's going full playwright. And, like, he literally actually predicts her responses perfectly She's because so dumb. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's incredible the moment when uh we'll just call her uh jessica i think her her character's name is kim ki jung yep it is um yeah kim she when she comes into the fold as the art therapy teacher and starts talking about like the schizophrenia zone of yeah the, <laughs> amazing shit that's, so that's what i was talking where that i was, was like man i would watch a whole show that's just about that like I would watch ten hours of just them fucking with these people. Oh my yeah, god, it was so funny. Good. The that that was one of the biggest laughs in the theater. That the schizophrenia zone. <laughs> and she just like yeah, just googled uh, art therapy. Yeah, she's like, did something happen to him in first there. grade? That's the scream of the year. Is right after yeah. she says that, the like pure like fear scream. Yeah, and then the whole and then also the other thing about this movie that I didn't mention it is it is a masterclass in straightforward screenwriting that also is. Not even close to straightforward because it's it, setups and payoffs. It's it's a bill. It's like Paddington Two level. Yeah. Every line is a setup to an eventual payoff, but you do not know how it's going to pay off. Yeah. You could not predict what happened to him in first grade. Right. You can it's, never predict. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, let's just talk about that right now. Okay. Because that, that is, is one of the greatest shots of the year. Of the just year. Seeing the also, the only one I would call a pure scare because it's literally a digitally altered image because we're seeing the monster from the perspective of the sun. So it's like a true like. I freaky. don't even think it's digitally altered. No, it is because he's glowing. Like it's a glowing like. Where it the way that that whole I mean going back to the set design the way that's all framed how illuminated everything is around it and then it's pitch black as soon as you look at the cellar, like but then and then you just see the head just pop up in the eyes. eyes the Which eyes. that man, by the way, very scary man. Yeah, <laughs> very just hideous. I, oh man. So before we but get we know. before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, I did want to go back. To, I mean, of course, just everything with the setup there, and I loved the way that was framed. Where as soon as you see the garage door close, then it becomes a different movie. It's yeah. all about them, and you finally the only time that you I like when how, they leave to go camping, right? Yes, and I love the like the mask that people wear in this movie because everybody is wearing masks throughout this movie. The the poor people are wearing masks whenever they're around the rich people. And even the rich people are wearing masks whenever they're around all their other rich friends, which you only see them really take off the mask at the very end of the movie when yeah. he chooses to get in the car aside from helping another human being. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I love everything about the way that was set up. And then, of course, the how that leads into 
the straight us comparison, which is people living underground. Yeah. yeah. To do all the work for people living above ground. And how the dude is kind of like gone insane. Like he like yeah, worships kind of. <laughs> he like worships the fa- the man of the household and like bangs his head on the lights oh, every time they come home. That shit was so good. And back to the moment. Because you're so right. That that is when she when they're looking at the maid on the CCTV and she is giving, an, by the way, again, amazing performance. Incredible. In that scene in particular through the CCTV, her manic fucking smile was bone chilling. And the movie hadn't even been scary up to that point. Yeah. But I was like, oh, my God, something is about well, to fucking happen. That's when we know that the turn has really happened. Yeah. That's when like, oh, shit, this up until this point, this movie was a comedy. And yeah. now it's going to go full on. Horror. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And it wasn't. There was plenty of foreshadowing, obviously, and you were starting to be like, all right, they are getting sloppy already. Yeah. Like, this is just starting, and they're getting sloppy. Yeah, the, they, leaving, letting her inside, it's well, like, Well, that was a big on. mistake. That was the mistake of the movie. Um, but in that moment, that that is my personal definition of movie magic, is something is happening, and you couldn't... You could give me a million guesses, and I wouldn't say she's keeping her husband underground. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just... But no matter what it is, the movie has keyed me in so deeply that I'm I don't care what happens. I know it's going to be good. Right. Like and that is my definition of perfection. And back back to my uh comparison with Once Upon a Time. When I was watching Once Upon a Time, when I was sitting in the theater, there were parts where I was like, where is this movie going? Yeah, like, where, what are we is, doing? <laughs> this is great and all like masterfully made, but come on. Like what are we getting at? This movie Every single beat, you're like, give it, give me the next thing. Yeah. Give me the next <laughs> thing. Straight in. Just, thing. Yeah, just feed let's me go. this insane bullshit. Yeah. Which so, is, again, uh, the favorite comparisons, but this works better for a, a broad audience, I feel. Like, I feel like this had more of a get out style, just thrilling appeal. Whereas the favorite for me, I had that feeling the whole movie, but uh, that's a stinky movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, there's other things that I'm going to come back to, but I just. I have to shout out my favorite sequence in any movie this year by a mile is everything from wherever the family comes back home early from their trip and the kid wants to play outside in the rain or sleep outside in the rain. So then they're laying underneath the table while the mom and dad are having sex (laughs) right there next to them is the most tense moment that I've ever had. And this is the beginning of the end for the dad's psychosis when he wants her to put on his daughter's underwear. Yeah, no, it's so fucking wild. Like, it is from that whole thing... And then that leads well, the into the biggest. Yeah, and too. then after that is the sm- like. Yeah, he smells the bad. That, like, and that leads into like the most clear allegory of the movie, which is the kid like loves to play outside in the rain. And meanwhile, they have to escape and venture downward into their own version of hell, mm. where they're just swimming in shit water. And meanwhile, like the upper class are like, yeah, he likes to play yeah. in the it's rain sometimes. Flooding. It is Everything literally the streets are flooding. flooding with sewage water. Yeah. The there's the one, sh- there's the one shit. shot yeah. where she climbs up on the ledge and sits up on the toilet while lights, it's just spraying shit and lights a cigarette. <laughs> There's so many shots of this movie that I'm like, freeze frame this right now and let me just put this on the biggest wall I have in my house. <laughs> this is the greatest yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, that that wide of the staircase, like, Joker yeah. wishes. <laughs> fuck, fuck Joker, yeah. You see the descent into the darkness of this lower class. Mm-hmm. It's right there. I mean... Yeah, it's it's clear enough that I feel like anyone could could get it. 
and that's a but it's gorgeous. Well, that's the thing. In this case, that's a it's high well compliment. Yeah. That is a very high compliment. Um, like I, you were I, saying that. Well, the scene where they're under the coffee table, there is a pan shot just whoop straight down to them underneath. Like that is you know one oh one shit. Like what are we saying here? And yet. The whole movie is basically just that shot, like over yeah. and over and over in new creative I ways. Do, I do have my one nitpick, um, and you know the letting her the housekeeper back in. Not really a nitpick because you know it's a movie. It's you a get movie. you get yeah. one, and they're also blackout drunk. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's shit-faced. right. They're shit face. Yeah. Um, hiding under that coffee table, and uh, then sliding out. And then he stays on the ground right next to them, and they're awake, and they don't see this motherfucker. Hmm. Give me a break. It was an intense shadow, yeah. big old shadow. That, that's my one. The, my one. But without big that, we would not have gotten the most tense anxiety that I have felt in a movie theater this year, which is that sex sequence that yeah. happens right next to him. That is like I had my hands covering my mouth. Like it was like the best pieces of like fucking Nathan for you or anything of <laughs> that like level of like my skin wants to fall off of my body while I'm watching yeah. this scene. That's and I why I love it to be dead honest. That's why I'm kind of glad I watched it at home. Cause I couldn't really contain myself <laughs> during any of this movie really. But there was a lot of times where I was just saying, Unaffected, but just going, no way, no way, no way, no way. Like, well, it's, <laughs> it's Bong's perfect approach to, to balancing this tone. Like we said earlier, it's him giving you something that is equal parts hilarious, terrifying, and just perfectly dramatically uh, tense yeah. you know like and it's the fucking message too it's a braid of tone perfectly yeah. tight it's everything at once which is yeah, what a lot of what yeah. all, a lot of my favorite movies are that they're just everything all at once in a way that makes you feel like it's alchemy like there's yeah. no way that you could make something this tightly compacted that is this dense right but you, still so watchable you could you could section off any scene and and completely break up everything about it and analyze every theme and every motif and every allegory like even this coffee table thing like like you like you basically said earlier like they are lower down they are underneath they're on the floor yeah and i did i did say pain and i meant crane and i i feel so dirty for that pain or pan pan i said pan i meant crane well everyone knows that a pan is any any camera movement is a pan. That is, yeah, that's we the thing. We all know film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We all are film. Literally, what here. is a crane? Um, a crane is those. <laughs> no, I'm, giant... I know what a crane is, Ernest. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> I want. It's a freaking uh, so big bird that before, holds a camera. <laughs> before we get to the uh, the finale, I did also because we've been touching on it a little bit, but the whole thing with the smell yeah. and how that works oh, out, man. Just it starts with him, and I love the dynamic uh, between the two fathers in this situation wherever they're driving and how he always says he just like he gets right up to the line but he never crosses yeah. it because you always think it's like oh no he's gonna fuck up he's gonna like go too far with saying something and then he always backs away but that's that the scene class, wherever he's wherever that line in, is the class yeah, divide they're like because he's like well you can't disrespect me but like there's that one moment when they're in the car and he's just like yeah but you love your wife right like you love her <laughs> oh. and it's like Oh He's, God! Yeah, you're what's like, going to happen well, here? Like I was, I was so tense. My palms were sweaty in those sequences because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what is going and, to happen. And right all, now well, the, yeah, all the scenes with him in the car were perfect because, 
like you said, we're dealing with like a high caliber actor in this dad, like mm. very high caliber. And there was a lot of foreshadowing that very explicitly indicated that he was going to be the one that ruins everything for this family. Mm. And what that ends up turning into is he's the one that breaks and kills somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not the one that ruins the scheme. He does a murder, which is so much better. And it, it is still a setup and payoff because that one thing where he like he's looking back too much in that conversation. I was like, this man is going to derail it. I can tell. <laughs> and it, that's how the scene ends is he just is like, hey, eyes on the road. Yeah. You're like, oh, th this is just like the beginning, you know. Yeah. And then we take the veer left into the smell. And then we take the veer left into like, oh, put on the panties. And then just the conversations between father and son. Father and son dynamic is a big thing in this movie. And... That's the thing I was wondering in the beginning. I was like, are we going to delve into why this man who is, you know, a traditional homemaker has not made a home? And it's the depth that it reaches is really, really brutal. Like, this is a broken man we're dealing with. It's a broken man that we were laughing at for a half hour. Yeah, now. I mean, just think the whole thing with the smell, whenever they, like, get back and they're like, we smell the same. We have to change our, our laundry detergent that we're using. It's not a certain smell. It's not, like, a smell of, like, mustiness or anything like that. They smell poor. That's yeah, a smell of poverty. Well, That's uh, the also, problem. there are people pissing by their window. That doesn't help the odor either. But, yeah. yeah. It's the, yeah, it's a metaphor. It's just being. Speaking of, you cannot get rid of we the skip stink. past that I, I love everything before they even have the home invasion stuff with how they're like spraying the pesticides everywhere which also as somebody who didn't watch the trailers i was like is the parasite inside of them <laughs> oh is God. this gonna get supernatural <laughs> yeah, here fuck that. no I, that would have sucked I, no but like i love i love everything with that and like how the family how their confidence changed after being around rich people where there yeah. was just a man peeing on the streets they had to wait for their friend to come along yeah, to help who, save them love that character also min the, the High school brought, friend who is brought the lucky you know, rock wealthier. Yeah, the stone let's, we haven't even talked about. Let's talk about the rock because uh, not Dwayne, uh, but the actual we, stone, the mountain. Um, let's talk from let's Game talk of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> so this this big old rock, um, like our um, uh, what's his name, um, Kim Kim Ki Woo, is that the the boy's name? The son? Who are you? Yeah, Kim Ki Woo, the son. Yep. Uh, he uh, call. He keeps saying this line. It's very metaphorical, and he. I think I he love says that, that like while he's looking yeah, at and dude, holding the rock. Dude, this is so metaphorical. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this. It's so. It's kind of a meta line about like the whole movie. But when he's talking specifically about the rock, um, he's talking about this gift that was given to him by his friend who seems to be uh, a member of the the higher yeah, class he's richer um and to me what that rock represents is an empty gesture to feel like the higher class is helping the lower class um yeah you know live and 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 is making their lives better in some way it, it yeah. represents the the feeling that people in the higher class have that they are free of guilt that they are higher yeah. class. And it also represented to me the litany of uh, products and services advertised to poor people under that umbrella, like essential oils, things like that. How so many uh, unwealthy people 
get into pyramid schemes because it's sold to them as a way out when really it's just a way to stay exactly where you are. Right. That's what it's, it, it really, I was thinking about the million dumb things that are marketed to poor people to quote unquote, make them richer. Yeah. That that's an industry. Right. Um, yeah, that the rock meant a lot. It's, it was, you could say metaphorical. I mean, it ends up like bludgeoning him too. You know, it's not just, the thing to put on the wall and, and make it look pretty. It, it ends up uh, nearly killing him. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I was surprised he didn't die. He got, yeah. the, he got yeah. shit rocked. Yeah. Multiple times. Uh, and jumping over to that section of the movie. I mean, the madness that ensues in that basement <laughs> is, is incredible, but one of the big standout moments is the, the, the scene where the, uh, they're trying to, to, you know, pull and, and, and force this couple back into the cellar and the, the housekeeper, the woman just makes her way back up and we get this perfectly timed kick. Oh, the kick is down the stairs. That was so well, dope. that's an, so another thing that I wanted to shout out <laughs> so about, good. I mean, to just keep praising Bong Joon-ho that in the middle of this, it's a very well choreographed fight sequence, which we've known he could do this before. And maybe like the host, even Snowpiercer. Think about the, yeah, the good scene, fighting. think about the scene where they turn off the lights and they fight with night vision on. So Snowpiercer is, is a video game. Yeah, right? it, it is. Yeah, it should just be a video it's game. It's a side scroller. Yeah. <laughs> we should like, <laughs> it's like Alita. It'd be better as a video game yeah. almost. Um, no, but like, that's just something that's just like, oh yeah, there was just a really well choreographed fight sequence in the middle of this fucking incredible auteur movie about class struggles. Yeah, it's all done great. I love everything with that. Um, I did want to, are you guys ready to talk about the end or did you have any other? I had one more thing. Um, all the way back at the beginning when I think it's the first scene that uh, the dad is sort of auditioning as a driver like meeting the the uh the kim the park guy mm. kim is yeah, meeting mr park. park um and there's a very deliberate i want to say they're they're all the kims that's the family oh, okay their last name last uh, names and front first names are mixed and okay so cultures. kim ki kitak yes yeah, yeah. Kitak. so he uh basically turns the car in a very precise way and bong decides to hold on a close-up of the coffee cup that mr park is uh is holding and mr park is like oh your cornering is very precise (laughs) (laughs) and this movie is full of dialogue like that that is just has this double meaning to it because we know of the deceit that is going on, of the con that is happening here. So the cornering is not just mm-hmm. turning the car, it's him being deceived yeah, and conned they're being cornered. and infiltrated. Well, it's also, I mean, that also speaks to the fact that this family, the Park family, is always judging them at all times and, like, looking for one reason to get rid of them. Like... They got rid of the driver and the housekeeper without ever actually talking to them. It just seemed like a couple of pieces of evidence that were like placed there, and they're immediately like, yeah, you guys are out. Yeah. Like, they're always, because they know that there's always going to be somebody who's looking for a job with this wealthy family. Right, right. So then we get to the ending, and it's this beautiful climax. And back to the, the this whole lawn stage analogy that, that I brought up from Film Spotting. The other side of that is how we're introduced to this this party and how um, 
the boy is is looking at it from above and kind of thinking like do i belong here am i really do you see me being a part of this and we've been following this whole movie these people who have assimilated themselves into this life uh in a full-on uh hoodwinked uh just deceitful way and he's still doubting whether or not he really belongs there because he kind of doesn't um and it also it so comes, i it all comes to a head in this scene it all sort of culminates and another thing that's amazing and masterful about the scene is not only are they pretending to be part of the wealthier upper class their child has an obsession with american native americans yep. they're trying he's pretending to be a lower class citizen yeah. and not like just seeing, that but a people who have been that have wiped been, out in genocide yeah exactly yeah <laughs> exactly like the juxtaposition of these two things like neither both of them are trying to be each other in their own way and it yeah. comes out in the form of a childhood yeah like fantasy of doing yeah. and him just like this whole generally idea. loving camping loving being outside all that yeah you know Where cosplaying there's just as someone like... who has no choice but to be outside <laughs> everyone is pretending in this movie yeah the, that's the what i mean mass. about the mass yeah. yeah that's what i mean like the whole thing with the masses and then of course that leads to this big massacre that takes place where the yeah, goes dude just goes fucking violent. crazy and runs out of there very tarantino and stabs the daughter and instead of like they easily could just like pick her up this person who's like Helping your child through art therapy, uh, through the schizophrenia zones of his art paintings, could have easily helped her get to a hospital, but isn't worried about her at all, and then just moves her body out of the way to grab the keys underneath her body. Not just that, he holds his nose because yeah, the he's like, smell of this basement dweller is yeah. just too I mean, unbearable to, to, to touch. To his credit, that is a real stinky guy. <laughs> Like this family just may have this the stench of poverty, the mark of poverty. That man, it, where is he shitting? Is there a bathroom there? There was a toilet. There was a toilet. Okay, yeah. I don't think he's using it. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> this man, if he's gonna get those light switches on time, he's got to be at yeah. full guard. But then, Miss Mister Kim, he fucking snaps, dude. He snaps when he sees that shit, and it's been perfectly set up. It yeah. doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, and he just murders Pops this off. dude and guess what it was great it was great it was great and, and we love to see it <laughs> and it's it's a full-on eat the rich moment and you get this moment of triumph uh but it is very gruesome and very violent and and it, it, there is this whole kind of mixed morality thing that i was getting at where uh you've been following this family you know do very immoral things and lie and deceit and in a way, they kind of end up winning, but they don't all come out alive. Well, I mean, it kind of just speaks to why Parasite is the perfect title for this movie, because Parasites don't have a symbiotic relationship with their host. No, they might not. live in their host for a long period of time without them knowing that they're exactly. there because they're not going to affect anything. But at some point, they will destroy you. Yep. That's why this movie is so appropriately titled is that you don't even like you're sitting here rooting for the Kim family this whole time for them to like have their ascendance into uh, being part of just at least not even being upper class, just being not in a house where like just shit floods into your house fairly regularly yeah. whenever there's a heavy storm. No, just to have enough. Like that's all that they're wanting. 
And it takes until that final scene where you realize, like, oh, they really are the parasites in this whole situation. That well, they are in here the, destroying everything. The the basement guy, too. He's yeah. a parasite as well. Yeah. He's, He's been the literally... true parasite. I yeah. mean, even the rich are parasites on society in that they're sucking up yeah, all of the wealth for on everything. The poor. <laughs> Everybody right. is a parasite in this movie. That, like, that it is that line that you're talking about where, like, there isn't... Uh, it's living in the grays, yeah. this movie. There's no real heroes and villains in this story no well i mean we get a touch of like having any wealth at all starting to corrupt them in in the scene where they're all drunk and like getting fucked they're already getting cocky with it they're already the dad is already talking about what if we just lived here like you know what i mean it's it's he tells her like oh you look like you belong in that bathtub you're yeah you're it's they're they're just of hints them. of it because that's what it's, I thought it might become. It might become them being rich and then like perpetuating the same system, which is very like a succession type thing. Wealth itself is the problem, mm-hmm. not the people who have it. It's just the notion of it kills anyone. You know what I mean? But the ending sort of tees off to that a little bit where, uh, you know, we get the idea that Mr. Kim is is living in the basement. Mm-hmm. He kind of. He's going to be wanted for murder, so he has the idea, well, let me just hide in here uh, and just live in this house. And he, we, we kind of get this false ending where we think that his son has grown up to be wealthy and purchased the house. And this long sort of um, letter that he leaves him about talking about how... He's going That's to a save hell of him. a Morse code letter, by the way. And also, <laughs> side note, I want to say I'm a Boy Scout. We don't fucking learn Morse code in Boy Scouts. Uh, Kore- I don't know what Korean Scouts Korean do. Korean Boy Scouts. You don't know. <laughs> also, if he can't go inside the house, how is he going to deliver the letter? Um... Well, that's the thing is I don't think that lev- letter gets delivered. I, no, yeah, yeah exactly, that, exactly. Well, well that that's the beauty so of the I, final shot because you get this one shot that you think is the final shot, and I was where like, they really? hug and embrace and they're happy, <laughs> but that and didn't actually like, happen. Wait a second, yeah, not they're still back really. there in their yeah. shit stained house. Like yeah. it's <laughs> one, he says, nothing one day. really changed. Yeah. One day, it's I. Did you guys like the epilogue? Did the epilogue of this movie um, work for you? Here, I want a three-hour cut of this movie is what I want, and I want that to be stretched a little bit because there is plenty of material to work with there in terms of how do uh, him and his mom get on afterward with a dead sister and a missing father. Um, there's there's ten more minutes in and, that. And, like, brain damage. <laughs> yeah. There, there's more time to be spent with that, but like we said, we're already over two hours. I can't fault a movie for cutting itself. Uh, but yeah, that, like, if I'm going to critique anything, like I said, it's the very beginning and the very end because I just wanted more. I, I found the epilogue perfect because, uh, it, it, it leads you down one way and then it reveals to be something else. And that just kind of, that's what this movie is. It's always keeping you second guessing and always surprising you. So you think that you're getting this beautiful, tender, uh, moment of finality and, and, reconciliation and and rekindling uh of finding the father after being apart for so long and then it's like well actually no we no because that's get that. insane I, yeah. I think i think you guys are i've actually i've still been kind of wrestling with how much i love it but i think that you are i like thinking of it more that that letter never actually gets 
yeah. delivered to him, this and that's just part of his own sanity that he's writing that. And this is yeah. The, I now after talking through that, I am a little bit more yeah. I mean, there's on. no other option there because to get it to his dad, he would have to go down in like, there break and that, into there. Yeah. And at, that point, at that point, he just... wouldn't be like, "Here's a letter." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean this. This movie is everything that I want out of every movie I watch. And honestly, if you're making a movie and it's not this good, guess what? You can quit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. This is the. Give me tens or zeros and that's <laughs> yeah. it. That's this all is, I want out of filmmaking. This is a singular movie and it also has. Oh, here's another thing um, that was very similar to Snowpiercer. The fanaticism that the lower class ends up taking the Stockholm syndrome of worshiping the wealthy. We see that shit yeah. every day all over the Internet. That's happening now. Billionaire mindset. Ever heard of that shit? It's cancer. Stop following these accounts. Uh, in Snowpiercer, it's these upper class children being indoctrinated to worshiping the leader of the train. And in this movie, it's that fucking or, creepy ass dude turning on the lights and worshiping uh, Song just because he's rich. Yeah. Or how about the scene in Snowpiercer? Not to go off on that thing with Snowpiercer, but when they finally get out of the caboose of the truck and they reach the point where they're just eating like black blocks of shit which they discover is just like yeah, rounded up roaches yummy and they're just like oh cool like this is yeah like there's actual food up there but like we have to be thankful for what we have um, here yeah and it also it's, there's just something so truly haunting behind a human being doing automated tasks yeah. like him doing the sensor lights which is the most inconsequential thing you could ever the, do for the somebody the boxes at the beginning yeah, yeah exactly that's their fucking job that's a lot of people's jobs yeah um and it reminded me a lot in a less heavy-handed way but of white christmas black mirror where you you get a little version of yourself who does all the shit you don't feel like yeah. doing like turning on the lights um there's just something deeply sad about that because as we march into the future that just is real. <laughs> right. Tragically. The gig economy. It's, yeah. I mean, it is kind of, I love how melancholy this, like this movie left me with where it's like nothing really changed from this movie, but I'm okay with that. Like this, this family didn't change the fucking class dynamics of right. South Korea. Nope. They had a crazy adventure and then they, they ended up right they back. Lo they lost right back two home. of their family members. Yeah. And yeah, and that's, that's just it. That's what I'm saying. In, in so many ways, this movie is a very classical hero's journey. Um, in the beginning, especially I was like, this is pretty by the books because it's like, there is the call to action to tutor. He refuses the call. He ends up doing it. Like you're going through the steps and then obviously like I, I can't tell you how far off it gets from where you think it's gonna <laughs> right. go. That's why this movie it is an all timer in my opinion. That's why this movie not I haven't seen the canon of quote unquote all timers, but in my personal canon, this is an all timer for that exact reason. Yeah, I I agree. I there was there was another little thing I I wanted to bring up um, about the um, the moment at the beginning with the actual kind of men. Uh, going into the, the oh yeah the thing with the 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 forging of the letters like i i just found that i just found that great well, I, another I, thing I like, that happened in the farewell too yeah of the document yeah forging. I, yeah i like that like it does show that like they're not like geniuses this kim family but they aren't stupid either they just kind of got yeah. the short end of the straw well one thing about like they have just as much potential as all these other kids yeah, if they not could, they more could be than. that family that's why 
one of the qu- most quietly important scenes in the whole movie is when they're like at the shelter during the storm and he's talking about how the best plan is no plan at all because yes, I'm th- so glad you brought this, this is up. a man who is absolutely broken by a system that is not a meritocracy it, it rewards people on a whim basically yeah. uh and so he is just at this point fully given up on any semblance of knowing what the future will hold. And he even sets up his own act of murder and yeah. violence <laughs> yeah. in that speech. Yeah. He's and like, I don't know, I'm just going to uh, improvise, maybe kill a guy. Yeah, and it doesn't <laughs> matter. And it literally doesn't it's, matter. It's just awesome, dude. Like, this movie for me is everything I loved about Get Out, and also it's everything I loved about uh, The Favorite. And those are movies that I loved a lot about. Yeah. Heavy, heavy Yorgos vibes in here and heavy Tarantino vibes, too. So big fan I'm, among the greats. I think I'm Bong so is... glad that we're finally getting good movies. Like, I can't say enough just how happy I am. I, yeah, man. Quickly, real quickly, Arctic before dogs. we before we do wrap up. Do you guys think that this actually has a legitimate shot at the Oscars? Yes. Well, it's a shoe in for best foreign language film. Well, 100%. yes. Yeah. But, but I meant for best picture. Best director. I'm pretty confident Bong will get it. But Best Picture is the real one about like well it'll maybe he'll get the Roma- nomination I don't know if but will a- it will can this movie win no. I I think no. it can I'm not I don't know if it will but I I think I'm onto something with my theory that last year Roma really sparked something in the Oscars and I mean I this, think that it's gonna I, I another huge that. another huge thing about this to keep in mind is that this is actually getting a theater release so this keeps away some of the people who are like yeah Roma was a masterpiece last year but I'm on Netflix so like I'm <laughs> automatically just yeah. putting it down at the bottom this is still getting a classic yeah. theater release and so maybe it'll well, pull some more if, weight doing if that. Neon does their job in campaigning and bong does the the shit you know all the <laughs> bong's making his rounds all the schmoozing you have to do i mean it won the palm d'or so best picture i could i could see it's it between it's that and very joker. very doubtful <laughs> Is this, is this better than joker <laughs> oh, no i think that we've determined it's not it's not yeah, as no. good all right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. It's it's the movie of the year. It deserves a little bit of a beefy extra long pod. I, I feel like there's things that we didn't even touch oh. on because there's just so much to chew on. Yeah. With this Guess movie. Guess what? We're going to be talking about this movie again at the end of the year pod. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say right yeah, now. Guarantee so. it. Guarantee it. I'll probably I, see it a couple more times. I really, then. really want to see it. I, I still haven't gotten a chance to see a lot of uh, movies uh, for a second time this year, but this in the lighthouse, I just... They're 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 stewing in my brain. I gotta I gotta revisit them. So, the lighthouse is next week, and then after that, it's looking like things are getting real with a little uh, Arctic Dogs. Arctic Dogs, yeah, maybe a little Terminator. Guys, what if after we see Arctic Dogs, we're like, you know, actually, uh, par- is... Parasite's more of a seven. Yeah, on the <laughs> on the real scale. I see it. and I'm like, I believe in global warming now after seeing that movie. <laughs> well, little did you know that. Arctic dogs is about the class divide in our society. <laughs> it's about the class divide and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> they gave Jeremy Renner a million dollars as a prank to say something about society. Yeah. I think they let him make ten awful songs we, as a as a goof. We should say we are being approached by uh, the lawyers in the Renner divorce to testify in our complicit uh, nature of being Renner It's mostly apologists. just been Drew for his uh, trying to stew up drama online that um, we do not approve of anything that has he has said been, on this has podcast. Has there been any new uh, Arctic Dogs content on the app? No Arctic Dogs content. <laughs> Interesting. Um, 
There are some great selfies. Uh, not not. I haven't seen one ironic post except for the one I made. There's a great one that uh, that was just said. Uh, Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye. It was like, yeah, he he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sure is. yeah. He sure is. It's no, yeah. Someone posted a fan edit that was hideous, and it just says <laughs> Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye, and then their caption was exactly, <laughs> like they were agreeing with themselves <laughs> on, on a factual item of information. It's it's a crazy app. Dear I'm selling God. my phone for eight million dollars. If you want the app, I think Renner is a shoe in for the best original song at the Oscars. Yeah, for his performance of "Believe" mm. from the Arctic Dogs. I, I cannot believe that. <laughs> I cannot believe the videos that we saw, the BTS of of that shit. Oh man, if you uh, haven't seen him, go check him out. That's well, actually a little better pod. than "Parasite." Is the behind the scenes of him. <laughs> Him composing like CDG or some shit, like yeah. being like, "Oh damn, I, that actually sounds good." Honestly, I feel like I feel like Best Picture is going to come down to Parasite and Arctic Dogs, and I don't think Parasite has what it takes. I don't think he has a shot against Arctic Dogs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you can look forward to our review of Arctic Dogs next month on We Bought a Mic. Until then, you can email us at We Bought a Mic at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at We Bought a Mic, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Uh, follow us on Letterbox. Leave us a review. Um, recommend it to your friends. And always, always remember to oh man, look out for your fridge and whoever is sneaking into it at night. Mm-hmm. Because there's probably someone living in your attic or a basement if you live in certain parts of the United States. Um, there, are, there are real people. We are legion. There hey. are millions of us. And we will rise up. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, ask me what my favorite fruit is. What is it? What's your favorite fruit? Tomatoes. Uh, see, I, I had a problem with the first one anyway. It's Peaches is the fruit of the books.